Hello guys, welcome to this podcast Everyday Talkies which ironically does not come out daily. I am Anshul and I talk about random things to random people, majorly about life, perspectives and thinking process. It's like an interview or let's say more of a conversation with one or two guests about random topics that interest us. To be really honest, it's just a way to reduce my inhibitions in talking to people. So, come join me and enjoy. guys welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies or should i say everyday trekkies right <laughs> you should so we are back again with pushkar discussing the seventh episode of lower decks and i think what's the name of this episode it's called much ado about boimler ah much ado about boimler so you know let's start with a tradition and read the imdb city description Marina tries to impress her best friend from Starfleet Academy who is now visiting camp. Boimler is sent to a Starfleet medical ship after a transporter accident puts him out of phase. So again wait wait wait. Oh but the first one is like straight up wrong. Yes actually it is it is but yeah well we can't really that's why i told them right they should pay us to write it but let's not focus too much on that and directly jump into the episode okay give me your first impressions i really like this episode i mean it's not it wasn't the best episode it wasn't the worst but it was up there you know it was of the you know of the best episodes of the show i really liked it all the plots were really good and i liked the uh, you know how they changed things up a little bit in this episode what about you i think it was one of my favorite episodes obviously not the ones like the fourth episode was really good i think just below that i would say there were so many things happening so many new concepts and again as you know about me like if i see something new i'm usually hooked to that one there were so many new things which you don't really see with star trek in general but there were so many references is also so okay we'll we'll go by section by section let's control my excitement yeah dude this episode was packed yes 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 it was so okay let's start with you know plot it was like a two plot structure and uh, where usually there is a c plot this time the c plot was kind of kept under wraps because it was a secret mission to plant seeds <laughs> yeah like this episode was and you could see weird pairings as well because we saw Tendi and Boimler undertake a plot and then we had Mariner in her own plot as well Rutherford got very less screen time in this one except uh, the few instances which we will talk surely yeah Rutherford was the reason this episode kind of started and then it was like that's all his role was yes yes so which one did you like more which one which plot did you enjoy more i think i like both of them equally i mean they were both really good so let's start with the Tendi one because it seems that our favorite character is her so why don't you talk about that plot i mean yes definitely and actually i really like boimler in this episode too so okay what happens is we actually we can't talk about the b plot without talking about the a plot so what happens is because the captain the first officer and shacks have gone on this secret mission there's a substitute captain coming in uh, you know uh, to look after the ship in the meantime and you know mariner calls her a babysitter captain but anyway so because this new captain is coming boimler is obviously want he wants to impress her and kiss her as as much as he can and to that end he uh, he goes to Rutherford and he's like does my hair look promotable but then he ends up helping Rutherford in an experiment in an uh, effort to impress the captain and ends up in usual star trek manner getting into an accident and turning all translucent blue and making uh, weird sounds 
well the sound got fixed ultimately but the out of phase question was something which led them to their plot into division 14 the medical ship yes division 14 i mean you know i thought section 31 used to be scary but division 14 is somehow like scarier like the ship is scarier for sure but the end product well that was a surprise no doubt but just to touch up why don't you complete the plot and then we you know we'll discuss these weird things as it comes okay yeah so while this plot is going on uh, the a plot is the substitute captain who, who captain who comes in to babysit uh, the ship it's actually mariner's old friend from the academy called amina mm-hmm. and she's become a captain now and she offers mariner the position of first officer which mariner accepts but then she pretends to be really bad at it until you know an actual crisis happens with the uss rubido and then she goes into full on mariner mode let's put it that way she goes into mariner mode and then she con- uh, amina confronts her about why she was acting all uh, incompetent and it's basically the same thing that happened in moisture silver mariner says that why does everybody you know want me to uh, rank up and do this and do that why can't i just be a great ensign and like i still have a lot of stuff to figure out so i don't want to promote myself or go somewhere like do something else just yet and you know one thing which really put me on to under shock that both of them were in the same class in starfleet academy and one of them is a captain so now i can't really figure out their ages like what the hell is going on she's an ensign so boy i'm sure is lot junior to her then and then mariner's mother is the captain and then mariner's classmate is also a captain i mean yeah that kind of stuff happens okay the basic thing is you can join starfleet and then become a captain in like 8 years or something mm-hmm. but i think by the third or fourth year kirk had become the captain because of you know the whole events of the kelvin timeline so you know it can happen yeah i guess i guess but yeah like i think that could also be a result of futuristic environment where age is not a factor at that much like at whatever time if you're good at something you're just getting promoted and things go on age is like yeah. inherently in our culture age is such a, such a big fa- factor right like if you want to be a ceo of a company like a really big company you need to be over let's say a old person or something like that uh, and which is changing by the day so if you are looking at something at 24th 25th century i'm sure that the age bracket problem has obviously been resolved but okay let's not delve into that that is not important so you know the, in the a plot we see the equation between mariner and amina and then in the b plot we see how tendy in her free time created a dog the dog yes <laughs> in her free time she took a piece of inert carbon and turned it into what she thinks a dog is and she's like had i she hand edited all 6 billion sequences because it was fun yes. i mean that's the level of see mariner and tendy are both such hyper competent people but tendy is like more excited uh, competent and mariner is more like uh, you know like in the first scene she says wake me up if if this becomes something i need to care about <laughs> yeah like exactly like mariner is good at the i could say the physical combat stuff and thinking on the feet tendy is more nerdy like same with rutherford you know the two sequences which i really liked here was like tendy as like we know she's a super nerd and a free time she's recording the entire dna sequence and creating the dog and rutherford yeah. on the other hand is trying to just shave off 0.07 seconds of the transporter <laughs> So that's just a weird thing and you know ultimately it came handy uh, you know yeah, they could obviously. bring back everyone from ship rubido that ultimately panned out and the the dog was probably the funniest thing in the episode for me just the way it just all the things that it turned into i mean like i don't know if you've seen the, this movie called the thing but that dog was basically the dog from the thing but also he could turn into a cube he could uh, I don't know his eyes became bats whatever whatever <laughs> what uh, what was happening Yeah he was him. ejecting bats then uh, towards the end he became all godlike he 
started flying he started speaking i'm like that is the funniest thing that they could have done the best thing was it was not like you know whenever uh, tendy wasn't noticing the dog was turning into this stuff it's like at the end we find out that tendy deliberately coded all these things into him and she, because her idea was like that's what earth, earth dogs are actually like <laughs> yeah 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 and ultimately when a earth dog really came and licked her she just went shoot away so well apparently she doesn't have a good impression of earth dogs okay so let's talk about the scenes that we like so we you know basically touched upon the uh, plots a bit so what was your i would say or should we go because there's so many things to discuss how which area should i pick let's start with scenes yeah i think scenes would cover everything else i guess because like there were so many th- uh, like scenes the small small uh, scenes that i really liked in this episode i mean for example the thing where when boimler first okay first of all boimler says boy me up instead of being <laughs> yeah, up which yeah. is like the most boimler thing that he can do he's such a dork but yeah but so when he he goes all phasey and then he just pretends like it's normal and you know tries to go to work and that whole scene was hilarious it's just he's just on the bridge and it's completely noisy and uh, marin is like what is happening to you and she's like he's like it's normal it's just phasing and uh, it's no biggie and she's like disagree it's kind of a biggie okay so when he's finally sent to the division 14 ship to uh, take them up to this place called the farm no okay so let's club the references part a bit because i think that you know really comes when they go into this nx class ship where they are going to the farm which is the medical haven for their cure and all of that so tendy is with her dog and then you know boimler goes with them so you know that's the scene oh also the i really like the fact that dr tana sent the dog to because you know she's a cat yeah oh yes the dog yes. <laughs> <laughs> but well the thing was yeah when we go there we see so many i would say accidents that happen in starfleet so one thing you know you could point out that okay there are accidents which none of us know about and which are kept hidden yeah if it weren't for like uh, these kinds of accidents uh, half of star trek wouldn't exist like Correct. half of star trek the show yes i'm sure and you know the accidents shown there so there was this ensign jana who was oh, paralyzed so many references oh yes yeah. that's why i wanted to combine because this scene is just full of references ensign jana mm, is yep. just pike right yeah it's the same uh, radiation accident with that happens with pike spoilers that was fun and then you uh, did you see elison sanderson like girl and the boy who were just fused together due to a transporter accident yeah it reminded me of tuvix do you remember in voyager oh yes 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 right 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 i didn't make that connection there was though another voyager reference did you catch that oh yes uh, anthony J- Invent Chakotay, traveling yes. at warp ten, becoming yes. the primal beings. Yes, yes, yes. Oh God, what a weird episode that was. But I love that they reference. I've seen that a lot of Star Trek fandom is very split on that episode. Some people happen to like it, some people hate it. But I absolutely love it, so I I really like that they reference that episode. And then you could see there's one more character which was not a Star Trek reference, but a Rick and Morty reference. Did you spot that? Oh, the giant head. Correct. Yep. <laughs> okay. And there was one more beautiful, very beautiful reference. If you spotted, I don't think I did. Okay. So towards the end, in the A plot, when we see that they're shaving the rubido because there is an alien which is residing in the ship and it feeds off electricity. And then towards the end, uh, they just decide that it is just roaming around the universe. Yeah, it turns into a big jellyfish, a glowing jellyfish yeah. type thing. Do you do you remember? I think it was in TNG or TOS where there was a huge alien in the sky and there was another alien on the planet itself okay i do not remember this this was an episode which i really liked also it was a, it is a, one of the initial episodes that you could see oh it was tng only na tng first episode encounter at farpoint yes 
the encounter that was the alien in the in the sky and there was an, another alien that they took free oh right 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 right, right, right. oh okay that was no, would not have been my first connection but okay um, maybe it was just because i was thinking of space whales when i saw that big creature thing yeah that that absolutely looked beautiful i mean i really like the fact that you know first of all that the whole metamorphosis of that ship turning into the organism uh, like organism itself mm-hmm. that was absolutely beautifully done like the animation in the show as uh, we say every week mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing it's beautiful and the fact that you know you have like amina and uh, madner kind of looking at it and saying that you know looking at something like this really uh, remind you why uh, people would want to go into starfleet and i'm like yeah totally like that is uh, something you know that is a uh, life changing sight that i would love to see no doubt about that um, okay so now too much of reminiscing about old trek did you spot any other references uh, i have a couple of more references i think you would not you probably would know it because uh, uh, i like uh, i have a feeling you won't know it but uh, you must have seen Okay, go ahead. Tell me. Okay, so the guy who is the captain of the uh, D, D, Division Fourteen ship, uh-huh. did you recognize him? Not really. Like it was a weird alien. I could not spot. No. Yeah, so it's a three-handed, three three-legged three alien, yeah, yeah. and he's an Edosian in Edosians were uh, introduced in the first animated series. Like ah. one of the uh, ensigns at the helm. Uh, was an erosion named Arex or something? Oh, I have not seen the original animated series. That's a tough thing to watch, but yeah, yeah probably I'll have to catch up on that one. Just watch it. Just watch it. Yeah, I'll surely watch that one. I have to complete the entire Star Trek. Like I have to be that guy who has seen every <laughs> Star Trek visual media that is possible. I cannot read all the books, but at least I'll see everything. So I'll surely catch up on that one. Yeah, and w- one thing I really liked about today's episode where both uh, the plots were about you know it was a kind of bait and switch where uh, the Mariner plot was Mariner purposefully trying to be incompetent, and then you find out that she actually is competent, and the B plot is you have. Have this whole scary, you know, uh, shady thing going on that maybe Division Fourteen is like a thing that people, like the staff leaders, trying to cover up, but actually it's just you know bad aesthetics. <laughs> and even the the Edosian captain he admits in the end, you know, that maybe they should like paint the ship some more friendly colors, and you know, definitely the storm did not help them. Well, well, that's true. And you know, like that that basically brings up to the end of the episode, I would say, where you know we covered all the scenes and all of that. चलो ठीक है. Overall, all in all, a good episode. And towards the end, you know, we usually close out with you know something which we learned from the episode, which basically is the sense of Star Trek. So you know, what did you find in this episode? Uh, obviously, what the most obvious thing is mariner being comfortable with her job and you know standing up for her maybe she did it in a little shady way but it was like when she was honest with amina that she just wanted to be a great ensign for now and she still has stuff to figure out so she doesn't want to be promoted and also the fact that amina was like when she finally found the, out the truth she was like okay yeah like their friendship was strong enough to look past this kind of deceptive thing that mariner had going on yeah i think and you know that makes quite a bit of sense you know it's not necessarily important important that let's say that if you decide to do something and if you if you don't want to do that you just don't if you are comfortable yeah. where you at you be comfortable where you at and probably you'll become as great you know probably a great a very very great ensign rather than a okay captain yeah i mean it's like even if even if you're great at doing the captain stuff if at the time you're not comfortable with doing it if you're great at something and you're not comfortable with doing it at the moment then you maybe you shouldn't do it you know it's not like you uh, you have to do it just because everybody is constantly telling you that you should do it absolute sense and i think from the b plot also like we could 
say like initially that you know they were referencing to the real world scenario when people who are different are usually sidelined they are yeah. not accepted in the society and that was initially the plot that they were going to uh, like they were going for in lower deck but towards the end when they switched it off where they offered them such a comfortable area and where they just asked them to be who they are uh, and there was also I, i i agreed with boimler in this episode where whenever he even though he was being a little like a little whiny about it but uh, whenever he was like he went to tattle on all the other freaks to idojin uh, captain he was like they were talking about mutiny and the idojin captain maybe overreacted but his his intention was right that maybe we should talk this out so that we avoid a mutiny he went about it in a very boimler way but he had the he had a good intention yeah that's for sure you know usually mutinies are very less common in star trek but then you know with the yeah. onset of ds9 and all of that i think it became quite often after that but then you could understand there were civil wars going on so and i mean i understand bombless frustration because of the whole mood of that ship and you know the whole ominous tones and even the the guy who was half old and half young thinking that this is the farm and they're all like you know swept under under the rug and bombler was like oh, you know all we need is just a little more information let's not jump to mutiny or you know uh, all this just yet yeah, i was like sense. i was on that I was on Boimler's side, side for this episode. No doubt about that. But chalo, that's what we learn, and it's uh, I think overall a very great, good episode. And I'm looking forward to more. Until then, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Thank you, Pushkar. We'll come back again, review the next episode, and see how it goes. Always. Till then, this time let's sign off in a different way. Um, <laughs> you know, Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yes. So let's go in three, two, one. Okay. Yeah. Three, okay. two, one. Boim me up. Boim me up. Bye, guys. Okay, bye. We are dorks. Thank you to all the listeners. I'll catch up with you again soon with someone new and lots of interesting discussions. So, bye.